Welcome to the Strategic Living Podcast, a program dedicated to helping you achieve personal healing, discover your strategic purpose, and lead with maximum impact. Our goal is to challenge your thinking, expand your vision, and awaken the strategic influencer in you. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here is your next level mentor and coach and the host of the Strategic Living Podcast, Brian Holmes. Welcome everyone to the program today. My name is Brian Holmes, and this is episode number 334. Great to have you with us. Our goal today is to connect with your heart, captivate your mind, and help you see the possibilities that are available to you right now. Today, we're talking about strategic relationships and why they matter. It's going to be a great one. Let's get started. Well, we've been talking for a few weeks now about relationships, about doing life together with other people, the value of connections and and being not dependent, but interdependent on one another and how we've really been missing this level of connection in our culture. In fact, last week we talked a little bit about four practices that really shift and change the dynamic of the way we do life with others. Jim Rohn, great philosopher, great trainer, great motivational speaker, said that we are the average of the five individuals we spend the most time with. And that statement has always just blown me out of the water. It's a very powerful, a very, very revealing thing to consider. Who you have around you really does matter. Who you allow to speak into your life really does matter. I would say who you work for matters. The company you associate with, your friends and your associates matter. If you're a person who is building a company or a ministry, the people that you hire, your team members, those people that represent you, it matters. The people that you network with, partner with, your counselors, your mentors, all these things, they really do matter. If you want to build a life of really high impact and meaningful influence, you're going to need to make sure to connect with people who align with you. It's really a great privilege today to have someone who is a part of mine and Sabrina's life with me here on the program, I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. Val Kleppen is my own executive assistant, which I guess presupposes that I'm an executive, <laughs> but she is someone who really matters in my life, and she represents my team. She covers a lot of ground and, and supervises those that are a part of our team. And together, we're going to look at how these concepts that I've been mentioning here in the introduction, how they have shaped our business how they have shaped our lives. Specifically, we're going to talk about Val's journey, her life, and her own business that she's launching uh, in this particular season of her life. You're not going to want to miss this. It's really powerful. We're talking about strategic relationships and why they matter.
Well, Val, it's great to have you back on the program with me today in kind of a different seat, maybe. It's great to be here in kind of a different seat. Well, uh, just in the spirit of full disclosure, Val is not present with me in the studio. Uh, she is present with me virtually, which she is, by the way, a virtual assistant. She lives in another state. In fact, I believe she lives in another country. Uh, <laughs> the country is it used to be Fargo, North Dakota. Now she's moved about 10, 15 miles up the road, and she's in Minnesota. And uh, in any event, it's still a winter wonderland up there, and it's still too cold, and I can't believe... If, if there's any snippets of, of uh, instability in Val, it's because of the frigid temperature she puts up with year-round. But Amen. I know, right? But uh, here's my thing. You're virtual. You work for me from a distant place, but yet, relationally speaking, we've been able to really forge a great thing together. And over time, we've, we, I, I wouldn't say we've mastered this, but we really have moved in a great direction in relationship to building something and collaborating together on so many levels. Would you agree with that? I totally agree with that. Very so, well said. I, I met Val uh, through a mutual friend. What has it been three years ago now? A little over three years? Over three years, yeah. And uh, in fact, uh, a person that I care for deeply, her and her husband, uh, Chris and Trevinia, you know who you are. I'm talking to you. Uh, they, they helped me to find someone who connected with our values, our mission, our passions, the things that we care about, and were really instrumental in helping me to, to fill a spot that was vital to the success of our endeavors going forward. And so January of 2015, is that right? Yes, yes. I brought yes. Val on as a staff member, and uh, it's been an incredible journey to this point. So uh, Val, thanks for that. But I, I just want to tell you who she was and why she matters to, to Sabrina and I and our operation here. But I, I really brought Val in today not to interview her but to have her be a part of the conversation, because I believe she has so much to offer in this area regarding relationships, strategic relationships, alliances, counsel, and all these things. So let's just dive in, Val. I, I'm just going to throw it out there to you. Uh, when talking about relationships, and I'm specifically talking about teamwork and collaboration and, and having people around you that help you get where you're trying to go, what value do you place on things like compatibility with worldview and and the type of work that one is doing and passions and personality styles? How do you see all of that sort of playing a role in this? Well, I think it's twofold. I think they're essential, uh, having similar views, passions, um, as far as maintaining your own motivation and drive. When you see other people who reflect the same things that are important to you um, and inspire something on, on a level that maybe not be so tangible, uh, but is, is essential, really. And on the, on the flip side of that same coin, um, you know, I think it's important to have some of the other's viewpoints uh, passions, goals, drives, just so that you have a different perspective and you have a different way of monitoring how those things play out in your own life and in your own goals. Yeah, I, I here's the thing. I If I can respond to that, you're not going to find someone who's a cookie cutter of you. 
to relate with, to walk with, to partner with, to work some employee or maybe a boss. Uh, mm-hmm. you're not going to find that because we're all so unique and we all have our own unique, unique abilities, our own unique, uh, ideas about life, but there are some commonalities that we can, can kind of rally around things like, you know, moral values and principles of leadership and honor and integrity and those types of things. And then as it relates to the type of work one is doing, now I can tell you, uh, I, I know people that have a tremendous passion for working on automobiles or welding, okay? And I could do a great job for them, but it probably would not be a good fit because I have zero interest or aptitude for that matter in in those things. So I, it's not just about aptitude or talent, skills, abilities. Sometimes it's just about, am I interested in the work another person is doing or if I'm hiring someone or bringing someone onto my team, are they? Can they be genuinely interested in the the broad spectrum of what we, it is we're doing? And can they take ownership of that from a heart level so that their work not only is performed in a way that's acceptable, but it's it's heart work. It's it's something that means something. It has lasting value, not just temporary value. And you know, when we brought you on. Uh, three years ago, a little over three years ago now, that was important to me. And for me, it really reflected back on this. I had worked for a gentleman for over 20 years and had tremendous passion, not only for his vision, but for this person as an individual. I cared about their success. I cared about them accomplishing the thing that they were given to do by God. And so I took great ownership. And in my mind, I'm thinking that's the reference point that I have is how I've stewarded somebody else's vision. And I'm really looking for someone who has that same sort of heart toward my wife and I and what we're doing. And I tell you what, you know, uh, that has proven to be critically important to our relationship and to the work that we do together. I'm talking about you and I, and I'm grateful for that because it really does matter. You need to be not identical twins, but you need to be congruent and uh, there needs to be some level of alignment there. Anything you want to add to that? I completely agree with that. And I would add not only from the relationship perspective, but just to keep you engaged in your own work when you have that kind of relationship with someone who shares in those views and values with you, it really makes your own work more meaningful. So my job as a virtual assistant is to help you succeed in your business. Yeah. Um, and and that's what I do from a work standpoint. But relationally, since I absolutely support and stand behind what you do, what you stand for, who you serve, I, I mean, that just plays naturally right into the work I do. And it's, you know, it's not so much a job really <laughs> as as it is a role that you and I have have developed for me over the course of time. Yeah, I'm going to re- I'm going to rec- play this back to you the next time you complain about something I give you to do, okay? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, here, here's the thing. Let me give you a little principle from the Bible and and I know you'll appreciate this. I I did it in my book The Ties That Bind that I wrote a number of years ago. It's gone all over the world. It still is being sold consistently every day all the time. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. But there's one little principle that I talk about in there, and that is this this idea that it's not a good thing, the Bible says, for people to be unequally yoked together. Now, the the image here that was being conjured up by words in that scripture is uh, 
you know, a yoke is a wooden instrument that would be, and still to this day in some parts of the world, is put on two ox or two cows or two two big animals, uh, even horses. And basically, it it is a multiplier of the strength and the power of what they can do as far as the weight they can pull together, the things they can accomplish together uh, as they're plowing out or preparing a piece of land or breaking up rocks and what have you. And so... Uh, the the unequally yoked together piece was always about that. By the way, it was not about some of the things that that a lot of religious people talk about, as far as you know, um, you know, mixed marriages and blah 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 all that stuff. It had nothing to do with that. It was it was really a principle more than anything that you can't tie people together relationally if they're not a fit for each other. Specifically, there's a verse of scripture that explains that that says, "You shall not plow with an ox." and an ass together, okay? Now, I always have fun with this, so bear with me a little bit. I'm a little worried. I know you should be. <laughs> but here's the deal. You have one animal that's, a, that's, that's temperament is to, to simply take the yoke, to be given a direction, that is the ox, and to, to be shown a line and to just get after doing what you do, and that is plowing and doing the work, all right? That's the ox, well, if you yoke up the ox with an ass, which is a donkey, a donkey is obdurate, it's stubborn, it has a will of its own, it, it's not prone to follow instruction. It's just, it has a, a general temperament to buck the system. Now, if you plow those two polar opposites together, you're going to not get, number one, you're not going to have quality work done. And number two, you're going to have constant conflict. It's going to be constant striving, constant difficulty, Okay. And so this is what we're talking about today is that strategic relationships, whether that means in, in your family, whether it means employees and, and employer relationships, whether it means mastermind groups, which we'll talk about here in a minute, whatever uh, relationships you have around you, it's really it really matters that you're yoked up with the right people because otherwise you're going to constantly be, you know, fighting, shall I say it? You're going to be fighting, oh, forgive me, somebody's ass, okay? You're going to just going to be fighting that, that, that obdurate thing, and it's not fun. It's not healthy. It's not rewarding. It's frustrating. And so um, let me get off of that because I could go somewhere else and I shouldn't. So let me- Well, I was, I was just going to say, like, does this have anything to do with the fact that you were Mac-based and I was PC-based when we started? <laughs> it could, and, and, but we, we got that right really early on. <laughs> Because I saw I saw ox potential in you. Okay, <laughs> so there have been other times when you've shown the other side, but more than I'm sure I have too. By the way, uh, I mean, yeah, pot kettle. <laughs> relationships always have to be worked through, and what have you. And, and let me just point this out too. By the way, every relationship is tested, and we've talked about that on numerous uh, programs here on the show. But you know, relationships are always so in, in these these alignments, there's always going to be moments where there's conflict uh, that come up and you have to work through that. But when there's congruency and alignment and fundamental principles that can be agreed upon, those things are overcomable, always are. And then the relationship inevitably grows to a new level, which is always a wonderful thing. Let me shift gears on you here a little bit, uh, Val. And sure. uh, you, you've got quite an incredible history uh, going back as far as your adult life is concerned. Uh, I know that you worked for an employer, like a, a, not a contract employer, but you worked for, if I may say so, a bank uh, or an institution for quite a long time as, as, 
uh, in a pretty high role. And so in that role, you were an employee. What, what of these ideas could you share that you observed uh, where this kind of stuff kind of came into play? Well, as an employee. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, that was tricky for me really. Um, because the values, the principles of the corporation itself, and I was an executive level assistant for, uh, for about 13 years. Um, the last five of those in the corporate world were in a bank, as you say, and sometimes the values and principles did not align uh, but in order to earn my paycheck, in order to help feed my family, um, you know, I was I was still held to them, and there was a real there was a real internal conflict there, um, you know, working for for someone else's view and vision that didn't necessarily always follow my interests or passions or even my skills and abilities, um, but was still you know, what I was required to do in order to help provide for my family. That said, you know, relationally, I had a boss who I worked with, um, who I still to this day have tremendous respect for, tremendous loyalty to. Um, he, he was a wonderful boss and a wonderful man. Uh, and so that, that helped me toe the line, so to speak. Um, I think that we we had a lot in common as far as our values and principles and our work ethic, um, but there there was still some some conflict there, especially internally as to what's important to me, what's important to the company, and and how can we reconcile these differences? Yeah, uh, it's important what you said right there. Is that by the way, just it makes me think about something that I want to talk to you about a little later in this episode. How many people, both men and women? are in very similar situations right now where they have certain values or priorities or things that they are passionate about or care deeply about in a particular season of life. And yet working, you know, for an employee or excuse me, an employer, the company values may be okay, but generally speaking, there's, there's still some conflict or some uh, misalignment there. That's gotta be a tough place to be for any person, but especially for a mom, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We'll absolutely. Talk, we'll grab that. Well, let's put a bookmark there because I want to come back to that in a minute. Uh, along the way, and we've talked about, you've shared on this program before about your story, uh, the great tragedy and loss that you and your husband experienced, your family experienced. Out of that, you you sort of, of necessity almost, uh, found yourself launching a foundation or a nonprofit type of a, of a ministry or a, a company Mm-hmm. In that, what I want to talk about is in that you had a team of people around you and you, you know, those people tend to come out of their own needs and issues. I would assume that over time, over the years now, you have found that adjustments had to be made because some of the people that that were with you in the beginning could not necessarily make the transition to the new levels you were wanting to go with that foundation. Is that right? Yeah, I, I would say absolutely. Um, and you know, just just to piggyback on that, um, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, our second daughter, Harlan, was stillborn at 37 weeks. And um, it was three months later that we launched an organization to assist other bereaved families who experience perinatal loss. 
um, which is a ridiculous turnaround time to go from tragedy to to triumph like that. I I still scratch my head at that at times. Um, and initially, um, all of our advisory board members were also lost parents, and each one of them was at a different point in their journey. And as as Harlan's heart really drilled down and focused on the mission and the and the vision and who we can serve locally in our community and how that ties into uh, our bylaws, our our foundation, our support, all of that, things did shift. And we and we've been doing this for five years now. It'll be five years in July. Um, and and things are continually transitioning. And it is important um, while everyone is at a different point in their journey to remember and keep the vision and the mission, the focal point. And it's true, Brian, not, not everyone was on that same page um, and not everyone remains on that same page over time. And in, I, I, you know, I use the term same page loosely because even the page turns now and then. Right. Um, but the, the adjustments have to be made and um, it's nothing against anyone or for anyone really it's it's about the situation and what can benefit that best so there have absolutely been changes that have taken place structurally internally externally and um all of the le's <laughs> i i think it's important to to just note here and, and i think the moral of this this section here is uh relationships do change of necessity and as you're growing a business, growing a ministry, growing a foundation, or growing in your life, uh, there, as I've said many times, not every relationship goes with you to the next level. That doesn't make those individuals bad people. It just means that from a, a, the standpoint of seasons and trajectory and direction, it just doesn't make sense to continue in the same format of relationship in the next spot. And that's okay. Uh, and and the tough part about that is we tend to want to hang on to and preserve what we've always had. And I have found that that has many times been a bit of a hindrance to me getting where I really want to go. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I, I think you, you've shared some things with me along the way about that for you. And I, it's just a part of the growth process. Living things grow, growing things change. It's just a part of the deal, right? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Let me switch gears on you here. Let's get to uh, one other area that I want to talk about here. You doing good? You hanging out with me? Is, I, yeah. I am. Awesome. Let's, cool. let's roll. Uh, counselors, and I don't. I'm not talking about necessarily therapy. And I, I'm I'm a big believer in getting the help that one needs. We talk a lot about personal healing around here. It's one of our four cornerstones. Uh, but I'm talking about people who you know, in the multitude of counsel, Proverbs says there's safety. When you have the right people around you in the right context that can give you perspective that you don't have, uh, it's a very valuable thing. So counselors, mentors, coaches, how important is this and how how do you have you kind of process through all of that? Oh gosh, on a scale of one to ten, ten being very important, one being not important at all, I would say the importance of counselors, mentors, and the like would rank at about an eighty-seven. Uh, it's imperative. It's imperative. And I think the older I get, the more I realize, um, first of all, I don't know it all. And you can play that back to me later. I'm going to play that one back too. I promise you. (laughs) I'm I'm taking notes on the timestamp here right now. (laughs) So to have people who, 
I'll liken it to this situation. This is this is a good example. In Harlan's Heart, I facilitate a monthly support group where it's usually newly bereaved parents are are the prime audience members. And I've been on this journey for five years now. And so I'm mentoring them in what they can expect in life and the healing process and, you know, in, in comforts and grief along the way. Um, but though I'm at five years and they're, they're new in that journey, I'm pouring into them, but I still need to be poured into now and then. And so then where can I go? Where, where can I seek that input, that encouragement? Um, it has been imperative for me to find other lost parents. Now, this is just specific to that journey where it is in business, in parenting, uh, in my faith, it is crucially important to find others who, like we talked about, align with my values, but have a different perspective, more mature insight, um, people who I, who I can trust. Now, they may not agree with me. Right. And, and, and that's that can okay. Be, and that, that is okay. It can be hard to swallow at times. Um, but having that accountability and that um, just really that that push to to live up to your potential and and be who you are supposed to be, not just who you think you are at the at the moment. Um, is, I can't say enough about that. We we haven't rehearsed this necessarily, and so I'm, I'm going to throw a, a curveball at you here. What if the people that are prominent voices in your life aren't aligned or mm. for maybe where you're going aren't a good fit? Have you ever had anybody like that in your life? Yes. <laughs> How, how'd that yes. work for you? Uh, well, the, there's, a, there's a spirit of discernment that you need to tap into. And um, really, if there are people that you're spending time with, people who are a part of your life and instead of ever energizing you, they are draining you. Um, that's a pretty good tell that, yeah. that they, that they <laughs> don't align. And, um, and that can, that can be exhausting. It can be really exhausting. And not only that, um, if, if it's causing you to doubt what you know to be true, um, you know, that can, it can lead to toxicity in your life that you really just don't have room for. Yeah, no doubt. And, and here's the thing, too, that I, I, this is my experience, and I'll throw mine in there because this is just a great conversation we're having here. Uh, again, I go back to seasons. Um, there, there are seasons in my life where certain people were incredibly instrumental and unbelievably helpful and absolutely were sent in my mind the way I look at it by God to help me grow to the next place. Uh, but as I grew and as, as my journey continued and I came to a, a new threshold of, of realization or whatever you want to call it, uh, the, the value of those relationships in some cases diminished in other cases just changed and change doesn't always mean diminish. It just means different. It's just different. And you know, the, the turn that I took didn't necessarily uh, stay on the same highway somebody else was on, and that's okay. It just means that that person now 
you know, it's a different hat we're going to wear. They're not necessarily a counselor or a trusted advisor. They're just a friend. And so we have to, yeah. like you said, discern seasons and times and, and changes and be willing to to make those adjustments uh, because not everybody's going to get you. And oh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, I, I struggle with that, Val. I don't know if you did, but I, I did and I probably still do. I I've always been one that wants everybody to understand like me and, and, you know, be okay with what I'm doing. And I've had to come to grips with the fact that it's okay if somebody doesn't understand, I I can't fix that. If I'm going to continue to grow in the direction that I'm supposed to be growing as a leader, as an influencer, as a business owner, then I'm just going to have to, to trust the process and be okay with not being okay in somebody else's eyes. That you hit it spot on. And I, I have learned over time that not not everybody can understand. So if you're spending all of this effort and energy in trying to get them to understand, you know, and it's it's with good intention, you love the person, you want to be aligned with them, and that makes sense. But some of them are incapable of understanding where you are, where you're coming from. And it's nothing against them, again. Um, it's, it's just that in our uniqueness... Um, Sometimes there's just an incompatibility of understanding and you can still love someone and not understand them. I mean, I, th- I think that everyone sure. has that, that black sheep in the family. I'm the black sheep in mine. Oh yeah, I am. Uh, and, <laughs> and so no, not everyone will get you. Um, but at the same time, that doesn't mean, even if you don't get someone, and, and there are lots of people that I don't get. That doesn't mean that I can't support them or not have their back still. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the, the, along that same line, kind of the way I began to understand this was a few years ago, I was uh, just spending some time with, with I call him dad. He's my, my heavenly father. And it dawned on me that the reason why some people that I was really so concerned about them understanding me could not understand is because they simply weren't on the same path. They weren't experiencing the same things I was experiencing in the sequence I was experiencing them in, the timing I was... So they had no reference point. I was trying to explain to them something they've never seen before. Exactly. And and it's just... Some of it's just common sense. And so I, I did, like you suggested a moment ago, I, I gave up trying to... Uh, make them understand because it, it you talk about expending tremendous energy and emotion and just oh it's so taxing trying to meet someone's expectations through the process of helping them understand it's just tough mm. mm-hmm. so let's talk a little bit about this because in the same way you and I are part of a mastermind group the strategic influencers mastermind group uh, mm. you've been a part of this since its very inception obviously yeah uh, had you ever been a part of a mastermind group prior to being a part of that one I had never been a part of, never been a part of an official mastermind. No, and had never even heard the term until I started working for you. Actually, so as you as we began talking about that, and you kind of came on board with that, what were you expecting it to be? What were your presuppositions as to what that looked like? <laughs> okay, don't hold this against me. I'll I'll, I'll first say that initially my role was strictly administrative, and um, I was part of the mastermind just to keep things flowing, to keep, you know, the meetings prepared for and scheduled and all of that. And that was my role initially. And I was really hesitant. I know that you had extended the invitation for me um, 
to be a part of it and to to see what I could develop out of it. And I was very hesitant. And the reason is because I assumed, and we all know what that word means. There goes that ox and that ass thing again. Right. That, um, that basically I would be putting myself in a position to where I would be opening myself up to ridicule because oh, wow. I was young and inexperienced and really only had ideas about ideas at the time. Things I knew I wanted to pursue, but didn't know the first thing about how. And I thought, I'm going to be in this group with these people who are business-minded, they're professionals, they've been at this for a while, and I'm just going to be completely outside looking in and, and trying, to, trying to find my place. And that, that uh, I guess, intimidated would be the word I would use, that intimidated me. And so that's what I was expecting, which looking back, <laughs> looking back now, I see was inherently foolish. <laughs> so as you began to participate in that and you kind of discovered the value and began to see the magic that sort of happens in the context of a mastermind group, uh, what would you point to and say, well, I wasn't expecting that? Well, the first thing that comes to mind is I was not expecting to be someone who would have any worthwhile input. And I have found that that is not the case at all. I sometimes surprise myself with the great ideas I have for other people. Um, and uh, yeah, totally wasn't expecting that. I also was, I think when I started as a, as a member and not just an administrator, I think my initial idea was to like figure out how to monetize my personal blog, if I'm remembering correctly. That sounds then, right. Yeah. And, and what happened as we were going through was I gained so much clarity and so much um, definitive purpose that, that really monetizing my blog was just something that I threw out there because it was like the lingo <laughs> and something I thought I could do. But what came out of it was, this is what you're called to do, Val. And, and here's a strategic plan and how you can make that work and put your feet to the pavement and go out there and be a world changer, not just a blog monetizer. It was so much more than what I was expecting. So just for those that are listening, we, we've kind of dove off into the mastermind idea because that's a part of this whole relationship, strategic relationship, collaboration piece. Uh, just so that you know, a mastermind group very simply is a group of people that meet on a consistent basis and share together what it is. Like, for example, I bring to the table, here's my business, here's what I'm working on, here's a project, here's a product, here's something that I want to bring to market, here's something happening in my life, maybe it's more personal, and you get this 360-degree perspective because you have other people from different walks of life, different types of businesses, but with and varying levels of experience and wisdom, but we all come together and say, we're going to circle around you and we're going to help you process through this to the point of solution, to the point of activation. And in the process, we're going to hold you accountable to the things you say you're going to do and help you help push you a little bit to get you there. It's the power of, of multiple minds coming around to solve problems and and challenges and things. It's just a, it's a remarkable, life-changing kind of a practice, if you ask me. But that's what we're talking about. So 
What benefits has Val Kleppen personally realized along the lines of, of participation in a mastermind group? Oh, gosh. I mean, that, that could be a whole separate podcast episode. Okay, so let's, let's do this then. Let's do this. Let, let's back it up a step. Like in the last six months or so, what clarity, what focus, what definitive drive have you identified? What passion has really come alive in you and, and you've gotten clarity on it and now you're moving into something that's fundamentally going to change your life and your family's life ongoing? And, and, and do you tie that directly to the mastermind process? Well, I'm going to answer in backwards order and say, yes, it is completely a result of the mastermind process, not just tied to, but a direct result of the mastermind process. And what it's been over the last six, eight months is showing me that it's more than just the work I do. It's who I can help. And one of the whole reasons that I wanted to work from home and become a virtual assistant was, um, you know, after Harlan's death, especially my, my family was number one Yeah, and having to, having to split that time with a corporate world just, just wasn't working. (laughs) And uh, so I I wanted to work from home. Well, now I see other moms, working moms, especially who they they need to contribute. They need to be an adult, as it were, um, and and be responsible, but they need to be home with their families. And seeing that, seeing how I can help them in a very clear, concise, practical manner that can... And really, it's not about... It's not necessarily about making money for me. It's not about... Um, you know, trying to be a trendsetter in any way. This is about changing households across my state, across the country, across the globe, changing households and making it possible to put family first. I mean, without the mastermind, I would never have seen that. I would never have seen it that way, especially. And that has that has been a huge um, blinder that has come off for me as a result of being a part of the mastermind. So what's screaming in your heart is to help moms especially uh, follow through on the deep heart-level value they have for making a home first. Absolutely. While at the same time continuing to to function in their their capacity, their skill sets, contributing to the financial makeup of the family and and so it, it again it goes back to it's not a it's not an either or it can be a both and but most people don't have a clue how to do so your your drive now is to help them see that it's possible to put family first while at the same time being a productive working mom yes and that's beautifully put by the way and thank that, you very much that's, <laughs> it's like you know me or something that's, that's such a great point that you brought up because. I will be the first to admit that parenting is not my spiritual gift. <laughs> <laughs> I am not the best parent in the world, but that doesn't mean that my kids are not ultimately important to me and that I don't want to spend as much time as possible with them. 
we are all gifted differently. We all have different skills. We all have different talents. And the work that I'm able to do for you fills that tank. Not to mention the fact I can simultaneously demonstrate for my children how, uh, how to have work ethic, how to have uh, working relationships, how to provide outside of the box. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm the crazy person who works from home. I also homeschool, you know, we do this fun thing called homesteading and like all the things are home centric. And as I have been here more, that has become more and more important to me. And as I talk about it, I see the other energetic lights pop on for other moms like, oh my gosh, yes, you can make that work. Tell me more. So that's what I've been doing. So specifically, how how have you like um, how have you taken that energy, that vision, that passion, and formulated that into a mechanism by which these other moms can begin to to step into the possibilities that are there? Well, I think again, the mastermind played a huge role in this because if it were up to me, I would just be you know having coffee dates with every mom in the country and. <laughs> essentially not ever seeing my family, which nothing, would... Nothing against coffee, by the way. <laughs> right. Especially Nespresso. Yes. Uh, but but that would defeat the purpose of, of my mission. And so what the mastermind helped me to do is to see, you know, there is an effective, efficient way to help multiple people in, in one shot. And so what I did was I created an online course, uh, set up a video. There's 12 sessions that walks people through from start to finish how to start as a virtual assistant and how to all the way through how to find clients. And so that course is available then for other people to take in whatever time they allow for themselves. Some people are working full time right now. And so they only have time to do it a few evenings or maybe even one evening a week or so. And it's self-paced. Some people aren't working at all. And they want to work so they can just, you know, absorb it all in a few days. But the key is everyone is getting the answer that they seek and how to make it work for them. It's not, um, what's the word? It's, it's not, I think you used it earlier, a cookie cutter mm-hmm. response where not everyone is going to be a Val and that's okay. Not everyone is called to do the same kind of work I'm called to do. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that you can't be a virtual assistant just because you're not Val. Um, what, it, what it means is you have the capacity and the potential to take your priorities, number one, and work around them. And you can find work that's meaningful, that's fulfilling, that... Um, is contributory not only to your income, to your household income, but to your family's whole state of mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I've got to ask you two things. One, and you've done this over and over again here as we've talked about this. Uh, I mean, number one, how do people find out more about this opportunity with you, with your company, with your course? Because I suspect there'll be some moms that hear this that are going to want to go, please tell me where I can go find out more about this. So please offer that up right now because I don't want to miss that. Sure. Thank you. You can go to anchorvanetwork.com and we'll link that in the show notes. 
anchorvanetwork.com. You can sign up for um, a video where I interview another virtual assistant. We talk about how it plays into real life. There's a, a quick start checklist there as well. Um, and that's how you can contact me and reach out to me. Great. So anchorvanetwork.com. And then the last thing I want to ask you here before we kind of wrap this up is if you were talking to anybody, not just a mom, but a mom, a husband, uh, a business owner, a ministry leader, anybody, how would you summarize uh, the value of the mastermind group and and how would you go about recommending it to them? What would you say to them as it relates to them tapping into strategic relationships, mastermind groups, group coaching, whatever, just something, but specifically we talked about mastermind groups. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, it's invaluable. <laughs> Short and sweet. It's invaluable. There are, there are ideas you don't even realize you have. There is potential that you have not begun to tap into and there are people who can come around you and lovingly, respectfully, and professionally draw that out. And I don't think I don't think there is anyone who would not benefit from that kind of atmosphere, from that kind of relationship, from that kind of setting. You used the word earlier in, in the interview about magic, uh, and I. It's fitting. <laughs> yeah, it there really is, is. There is magic that happens in that group and in that setting that propels you to to a place beyond what you even thought possible. Well, I want to just throw this in two things. One, if you if anything Val has said about her passion and her ideas registered with you, I'm just telling you, there's nobody in the world that I trust more with your heart with your vision, with God, with what God is doing in your life and your family's life, this, this woman uh, lives what she talks about to a fault. Like they can <laughs> their own vegetables. and I mean, they, they do it all, okay? I'm just telling you, to a fault. But I respect it. And I'm telling you, I, I've watched her cry buckets of tears over the idea of helping other people to realize the dream that she's living out right now. So, Whatever you do, if that register with you and you want to find out more, you've got to go to anchorvanetwork.com and and tap into that, contact Val, and get on board with that. If the mastermind idea or getting around some other people or getting some other people around you matters, uh, I, I want to give you an open invitation to apply for the Strategic Influencers Mastermind Group. We have a few seats available right now. We, we limit the number of people that are in it because we want to keep it intimate and strong and and sort of, uh, we don't want it to get large to the point of it being overwhelming and not effective. So, But if that's something you've considered, I need other people around me. I need some good voices in my life. I need that collaboration, that strategic influence around me. I'm going to strongly recommend, as Val has, go to brianholmes.com forward slash mastermind. And uh, I am convinced that uh, tapping into that resource would be something that would change your life forever. Val, you're awesome. I appreciate you. And uh, man, you've added such great value to everybody today, including me. I've enjoyed this. Well, thank you so much, sir. And I I really appreciate being on, especially as it relates to our mastermind relationship and our working relationship. It's been a thrill. Well, you're awesome. And uh, everybody... 
Make a difference. You can do this. Don't, don't tolerate status quo in your life. If you sense it's time for change, then step forward, step into it, and make it happen. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Strategic Living Podcast. We trust this program has been a valuable resource and has challenged you to take your life and leadership to the next level. We invite you to join our growing community of strategic influencers by connecting with us at brianholmes.com. As always, if this podcast and our other resources have benefited you, be sure to share them and pass it on. Until next time, may God bless you immensely. And remember, you are created for greatness.